What is happening, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome back to 182 News. I am your host, Poppin' Curbs. If you missed episode one, it is now available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify. I have it up on a YouTube channel, and we're hoping to get it on iHeartRadio pretty soon. Episode one was a full recap of everything that happened in 2019 with Blink-182 and Sideband Land. There was so much shit happening. Simple Creatures was created. Blink had a new album. Angels and Airwaves was back. So check out episode one. If not, here in episode two, we are going to get into the current state of the band, what all's going on with each member, and where we are. Now before we get started, I just have to take a second and thank all of you for the support on episode one. I'm absolutely blown away. Several of you have reached out to me directly saying you enjoyed it, couldn't wait for episode number two. It means the world to me. Honestly, when I first started this, I thought I'd be lucky to get my two chihuahuas to listen to it. And looking at the downloads and the listener locations, we have people in Australia, Canada, Portugal. It honestly blows my fucking mind. So thank you guys so much for making me a part of your day. Can't wait to continue this journey together. So here we are, episode number two of 182 News. This is actually the type of episode that I hope to continue having in the future where we are getting the most current up-to-date news and state of the band. We are going to go through each member today. Uh, I'm going to go one by one. Travis, Matt, Mark. We're going to go over Blink, and pending how much time we have left, we might get into Tom, but honestly, Tom might need his own episode. There is so much shit going on with him. So we are going to get started by talking about Travis motherfucking Barker. What is Travis up to? Gosh, that is a million dollar question. If you follow Travis on Instagram, you already know, if you pay attention to his stories, this dude is in a different studio almost every night. I don't even know if he sleeps. And he is constantly working on something new. He's really into producing right now, which we will dive into here in a bit. And I really think it's just a testament to how much this dude just loves making music and loves drumming. It's honestly crazy how active he is with all of these different side things going on. It's hard really to even keep up with. So the first thing that happened last year of note... Travis had his own merch website, shoptravisbarker.com, for the longest time. That had a new URL, a new site launch called travisbarkerstore.com. So it kind of has a revamped website. There's a couple different collections they've released, some Travis Barker shirts. Uh, I cannot rock some of the clothing. I think some of it's all right. There are a couple classic shirts that are kind of neat, the... Travis, I'm Pregnant, which actually even comes in men's sizes, which is kind of funny. Uh, There's the Travis motherfucking Barker t-shirt. Quick story about that. When that first came out 10, 11 years ago, I actually tried to rock that to a bar here in Indiana, and they would not let me in. And I said, well, can I turn it inside out? And they wouldn't even fucking let me wear it inside out, which is just crazy. So fuck that bar. We, We went somewhere else. The cool thing about TravisBarkerStore.com of note is they do have signed copies of his book available for a reasonable price. They're 60 bucks. That's not too bad, all things considered. If you have not read Can I Say by Travis, 
it's awesome. Take a dive into it. You can probably get it for five to ten bucks at this point on Amazon or eBay. It's a super, super personal dive into Travis's life. I know it was very therapeutic for him to write it. And it leads you all the way up to the 2015 infamous Musink where Skiba was about to fill in. So it's super, super interesting. So TravisBarkerStore.com. Hopefully they add some more cool shit at some point. They do have a signed drumstick available. It's a little overpriced in my opinion. But if you're looking for a great gift or something cool for you know, your boyfriend or girlfriend that loves Blink, it would really be a, full, a cool fucking treat to get them a signed Travis book or a signed drumstick from there. The next thing of note on Travis is he launched his own record label which is really fucking cool. So again, if you have kept up with Travis, you have seen him in the studio with Lil Nas X, Suicide Boys, recently Machine Gun Kelly, which we'll dive into. He is constantly working with these different artists, helping them with EPs, albums. And so it makes sense to have his own record label. So all of a sudden, I notice a DTA clothing that he's kind of promoting and at DTA Records Instagram pop up. And sure enough, Travis has launched his very own record label called DTA Records. And of course, DTA stands for Don't Trust Anyone. And I think I've seen that in famous clothing or slogans before, uh, or maybe it's been recent clothing that he's been rocking, but it's a pretty neat name. The logo is pretty rad. They do have their own website. Travis said not too long ago he's in the process of building a studio. So that is super, super exciting. All of this kind of launched alongside this Gimme Brain single. It was Travis with Rick Ross and Lil Wayne. Just came out really a month ago or so. The video just came out like two weeks ago. And it's it's pretty cool. As you know, Travis gets mad love in the hip-hop scene. He has been on uh, videos with Puff. He had his own album, Give the Drummer Some, in 2011 that had tons of collabs. Twist is on there. Snoop, Luda, Tom Morello. That's actually a, a pretty rad album if you ever want to just dive into something funky. And what's interesting is I actually asked Travis a couple years ago when we were going to get solo album number two because he had mentioned it. And at that point, he said that his next solo album was done. He was just waiting on a verse from Kendrick. Now, that was two years ago at this point. So I don't know if he ended up dispersing those into different projects, using those beats for something else. But I was actually really looking forward to a new drop from him because he he's very versatile. He will play on anything. And I'm always down to support Trav and, and whatever the fuck he wants to do. So DTA Records is totally a thing. It's exciting. And I'm going to make a bold prediction here. Travis is already a fucking walking legend. No doubt about it. I see no reason why he couldn't do the same thing from a producer or record label standpoint. God forbid Blink ever slow down or hang it up. Travis will have no problems at all getting quality artists to come in and be on his record label or want to collab with him. I mean, this dude has mad cred, especially in the hip-hop community. He's played with M, Drake. He's name-dropped in Jeezy songs like it's no big deal. Uh, so I can totally see Travis building an empire uh, with the DTA Records thing. And honestly, it would not surprise me at all if he goes down as just as much of a legendary producer as he is a legendary drummer. 
It's really cool. I'm super stoked to see what he does with it, to be honest. Now, one of the recent things that he did with MGK and Youngblood that got a lot of good publicity, it went gold. They had a song called I Think I'm Okay, and I actually really, really like that song. It's it's pretty cool. And I think working with Travis uh, on that song from MGK's perspective, it went so well that I think that's probably what made him want to record his new album with Travis. So a couple months ago, all of a sudden, we see Machine Gun Kelly in the in the studio with Travis all the time. I mean, it's all over both their Instagram stories. They've got uh, the fo- the photographer Fog Again's there. It's a big deal. So they're working hardcore on this new album, which now has a name. It is called Tickets to My Downfall. And MGK even has that tatted across his neck at this point. <laughs> um, they have done a little bit of press on it. This is supposed to be a pop punk album for MGK. I'm not sure if this is going to be under DTA Records or how all of that works, but Travis definitely has a major hand in the creation of this record. They did an interview with Zane Lowe three or four weeks ago that was interesting. One thing that has flown under the radar from that is during the interview, Travis said that this is the most he has been involved with the creation of an album since self-titled. Now, I have to take a time out here. It is not self-titled. It is untitled, Travis. Tom and Mark have specifically said several times that they wanted the music to speak for itself, so the album has no title. Therefore, it is untitled. If the album was self-titled, for all of you who are on this self-titled bandwagon, that would mean that the album is called Blink-182, which it is not. It has no title. When I went to the anniversary shows, the 10-year anniversary shows in L.A. in 2013, they were billed as the 10-year untitled anniversary shows. We need to put this to rest. The only argument is whether or not the U is capitalized or not, which is actually pretty irrelevant. But at least it's not as bad as the people who call it the Smiley Face album. It is not the Smiley Face album, for God's sake. It is untitled. Okay. Now, the reason that is interesting to me, and I don't take that as a knock against Blink or the albums that have came from Blink since then, I think what he means is that every single aspect of the song he has had some input on, whereas with Blink, maybe Tom and Mark, they come in with a song pretty much already finished. Travis comes in, lays his drums down in one take like he does very often, and they're done. So it's going to be interesting to see what this album ends up being like. Obviously, Travis knows damn well what a good pop punk song sounds like at this point. Uh, They pretty much created it and perfected it. So it's going to be super interesting to see how this new MGK album does, how it sounds, and I'm totally going to check that out couple more things on Travis. He has a music, car, and tattoo festival called Musink that typically is being announced right around this time. I was wondering when that info was going to come out. And a couple days ago, they just announced that that has been moved to L.A. this fall. So typically that happens in March in Orange County. 
It's a really cool festival. There's tons of cool music. If you don't know, this is actually one of the shows that ended up kind of causing the second big Blink blow up and break up. Uh, Blink was scheduled to play March 2015. A couple months before, Tom said, nope, can't do it. And then they had to get Skiba to fill in. This was kind of Skiba's first big performance. They ended up having to do a couple small warm-up shows for him. And the rest is history. So it's a really rad festival. I'd love to check it out one day. Travis brings in a ton of his cool cars. Uh, Snoop Dogg has brought in cars. There's tons of the most amazing tattoo artists there. And I'm looking forward to see seeing who's on that bill for this fall. So we'll see how that how that goes. Looking forward to that announcement whenever it comes. Small note here, Travis is now sponsored by Monster Music. No big deal. Not sure what all that entails. Uh, but it certainly gives him an unlimited supply of Monster Energy drinks, though I'm not even sure if, if he needs that. Uh, the last thing with Travis, last night I just saw he was on America's Got Talent in a boot, of all things. Travis fucked up his ankle. He shared a picture of it on Instagram the other day. I think it's a ligament sprain of some sort. It was super swollen. He has a huge boot on it, and he was playing uh, kind of a neat, funky song with somebody on America's Got Talent last night. I retweeted it from the, the Blink Online Twitter account if you want to check it out. And it did not surprise me at all that knowing Travis is injured as fuck, he still goes out there and plays like it's no big deal at all. This dude played an entire Plus 44 tour with a broken arm. It is Being injured is nothing for Travis. The guy is an absolute machine and is dedicated to his craft. So that wraps up current news with Travis Barker. Next, let's get into Mark Hoppus. So what is Mark up to? Well, if you follow him on Instagram, you would have thought he had moved into Disneyland by now. He seems to be there every other day in that simple creature's hoodie that I fucking need. Hashtag free Prince Pillup. If you don't know what I'm talking about, I've been begging the Simple Creatures account and store to restock that Simple Creatures hoodie for going on three or four months at this point. I don't think it's going to happen. Although Mark did favorite our protest tweet on that the other day. So he is at least aware and hopefully they re-release it at some point before spring or summer when I don't need it anymore. Now there's not too much that has been happening from a music standpoint with Mark as far as we can tell. He did show up in some pictures at John Feldman's with the band Atreyu. I wouldn't think he would be doing any guest work with them, but he could have been helping them produce a track or just hanging out. Not sure if he's doing any ghostwriting with them. I would not I would not think there would be anything coming out on that front uh, with Mark. Now, one thing of note, All Time Low is pretty busy and pretty active right now. They just released a new single called Some Kind of Disaster. They're playing some shows. So I don't think he's super busy with Simple Creatures right now. Alex did say, as I mentioned in episode one, that Mark had texted him within the past couple weeks with a song idea. So again, I think Simple Creatures will continue, but it will continue when it makes sense for both of them. Neither one of them want it to be a burden. It's a passion project to do as they please. And obviously, when one of them is busy with their main band, 
they have said plenty of times it's not going to take away from their day jobs. So I'm a huge Simple Creatures fan. Totally look forward to some of that at some point. But take your time. Do it whenever it makes sense. Really, the last thing on Mark is that Mark and Travis are both featured um, on the new record from The Used. This new album drops on April 24th. It's called Heartwork. And instead of it, a song featuring Blink-182, there's actually two different songs. One features Mark, one features Travis. So interesting that they have them separate and looking forward to that album whenever it comes out. So that's pretty much it with Mark. We'll get into some more uh, when we get to Blink. But now we need to start talking about Matt Skiba, who has a lot of stuff going on. If you follow Matt on Instagram, you will know that he routinely does what some might consider uh, weird shit. Don't know how else to put it. But one of the things he is certainly very passionate about is his artwork, which I think is really cool. I think part of what might rub some people the wrong way is Matt just doesn't give a fuck. He likes making music. He loves making art. He really is kind of a unique individual, as most artists are when you really get down to it. And I think for whatever reason, some people will take that as cockiness or he's just has a wrong attitude towards fans sometimes. But I don't think it's that big of a deal. So a lot of times on Instagram, he will be showing off some of his recent paintings. He will paint guitars. And if he doesn't like it, he'll throw it in the fucking fire. And the next day, he'll show you a picture of it burning. He's been painting uh, mannequins, Batman masks, some really weird stuff at times. But it's, it's art. It's all in the eye of the beholder. One of the things he does is release occasionally limited edition prints. And those are typically through a company called Romantic Rock. It's kind of a small art company that helps musicians and celebrities sell their artwork. They've had some pretty cool Skiba prints in the past. He did a really cool David Bowie one that I tried to buy and and they're sold out of it. But I'm excited for Matt because he has his first solo show on March 13th in L.A. It is an RSVP type of event. I don't think you can just walk in with a stack of Blink albums to have him sign, but it would be cool to attend that, see what he has uh, to offer, to show off as far as original paintings go. I would think there would be some cheaper prints uh, if you don't want to buy an original. I don't think the prices will be too crazy, all things considered. At one point, he was doing commissions through Romantic Rock, starting out at, I want to say, $1,000 for a piece, which in the art world, people blow a lot of money on original art, so that's really not too crazy for for him to essentially take your idea and run with it and do whatever he, he is inspired to do with it. So if anybody goes to that, definitely send in some photos. Curious to see how that goes. The next thing coming up with Matt shortly after that, and this will excite some Alkaline Trio fans, is they are back on tour, which is awesome. If you have not seen Alkaline Trio, totally go check them out. And what's even more exciting for the Trio fans is that recently Matt and Dan have both shared that they are working on some new music. Now, immediately, everybody was thinking, new album, new album. And part of that is because in 2018, they did this same thing. Blink was kind of done with the deluxe tours at that point. There was a little break. 
trio was going to do some shows and really out of nowhere they came out with is this thing cursed which by the way if you have not listened to that album it is an amazing album it it really kicks ass there's some songs on there like demon and division i actually can envision that being a blink song there's a song on there called goodbye fire island that is actually about the fire festival that blink and several other bands uh infamously pulled out of because it was a scam essentially it's that festival that all the documentaries are about on netflix and hulu and that song is just amazing there's a song on there called throw me to the lions that i really enjoy so totally check that out and one of the things that matt has since came out and said is that it is not a full album. This new trio stuff is not going to be a full album, but it is what he has hinted as a two to three song EP. He said that he hopes it would be released on seven inch vinyl, ideally. So who knows when we will get those. I'm hoping before these shows, so possibly as soon as next month. Uh, the trio is touring March 24th through April 19th. Obviously, don't expect any Blink stuff to get done during that time, as Matt will be busy with him. But considering Matt has graciously given a ton of time with Blink, I'm totally down with the Alkaline Trio fans getting some Trio in their life every year, every couple years, um, because I cannot thank Matt enough for stepping in and doing what he has done with Blink to continue my favorite band, let's face it. So if they are in the area, definitely go and check them out. It's cool to see Skiba in a small environment. Um, again, if you have not checked out Alkaline Trio in the past, totally check them out. Definitely check out Is This Thing Curse, their album that came out in 2018. That whole album just kicks so much ass. One thing to note for Trio fans, their drummer Derek is definitely not on this tour, and it seems as though he is not even going to be laying down drums on these two to three songs. For those of you who know, Derek suffers from bipolar disorder, and on Is This Thing Cursed a couple years ago, he did lay down the drums in the studio. He did not tour it. So this has been something that he's been battling. By all means, take all the time you need. Best wishes to Derek and his family to work through this. The last trio tour, there was a guy by the name of Jared Alexander who had filled in. And for those of you who listened to Matt Skiba and The Secrets, um, the Cuts album, which actually got released right after Matt had officially started playing with Blink in 2015. It's a great kind of solo album with Matt. I remember when I heard he was joining Blink, I dug through all of his discography. I was aware of Trio, but I hadn't dug super deep into all of it. And some of my favorite songs actually come from The Secrets. It's, it's pretty cool. But Jared played drums on that album. So I don't know if he will be touring. I think the the drums, there was a random post by a guy at Antonese on Instagram, who basically said, you know, one day you're chilling, the next day you're recording drums for Alkaline Trio. It's a guy named named, uh, named Tony Barsati, who apparently, it seems, is going to be the one laying down the drums for these two to three new Alkaline Trio songs. So excited to see where those go. One kind of funny thing about the last trio tour and as well as Matt and, and Jared. So my buddy and I went to go see Alkaline Trio in 2018 in Nashville and we got there early. And the thing I like about 
uh, Alkaline Trio shows as well as the Angels and Airways ones, they're smaller venues. So you're talking 1,500 people. The bus pulls up right to the side. Nobody's really bugging anybody. And so before the show, we got there early and we're just killing some time. And my buddy and I are checking out. It's kind of a rustic area. And there's uh, a train track right behind the venue. And we're just kind of walking around. And off in the distance, I see Matt Skiba. And I tell my buddy, I'm like, that's Matt. He's like, no, it's not. I'm like, dude, that is Matt fucking Skiba right there. And so he's walking towards us because we're up by the venue. And as he's coming closer and closer and closer, my buddy's like nervous as fuck. And so I say, hey, Matt, do you care if we get a picture real quick? He says, yeah, no problem. Let's go to the bus. So we have to walk with Matt to the bus so that he can drop off some railroad stakes, like these giant nails that he had apparently just stolen from the train track that he was walking down, which that is just so skiba when you think about it. And so he, he puts those on the bus, comes out. We talked to him for a couple minutes. He was super nice, took a picture with us. At the time, I was asking about the Blink stuff. Uh, which was very early in the recording process of nine. He was totally open and, and honest about where they were with that. And Jared Alexander walked up, who again was their touring drummer. And so we were talking to him for a second. And then Jared's parents walk up. So my buddy and I are just awkwardly standing there by the bus as Matt gets introduced to Jared's parents by Jared and it was just kind of one of those things where it's like, no one is going to believe this story, but it was super cool. And Matt was as cool as you could ever imagine. A lot of people give Matt so much shit about fucking up lyrics or they don't like new Blink or fucking up guitar stuff. I'm telling you, he is so cool. I really think he's trying his best. He cares about Blink. He did not have to do this. He knows the pressure. He knows he's trying to fill somebody's shoes that are pretty much impossible to fill. So I don't quite get all the hate for Skiba. I mean, at this point, just face it. Tom does not have time or passion for Blink. And a lot of people are totally down with New Blink. We're excited. We were getting shows that we never would have gotten before. I cannot thank Mark, Travis, and Matt for all of the good uh, memories and times I've had over the past four or five years where if Tom was still involved, they probably wouldn't even have came out with jack shit by now. So I just don't get all the, the Matt hate. He was on a, a recent podcast with Toby Morris. That was a really cool interview. And... He talks about his first his first Blink show. One funny thing he mentioned is that Travis had given him a, a BMX bike as he was kind of practicing leading up to that first music show. And he said he wrecked the bike and he fucked up his hand. So Matt filling in with Blink almost didn't happen right off the bat because of a BMX bike that Travis had gifted Skiba, which is pretty funny. But in that interview, Matt had said that he's just so gracious for the fan base. He said, yeah, people are in his comments saying, you know, you fucked up that song or, you know, you don't play it like Tom. And he said, look, I fuck up my own songs for one. So it's not like these songs are, are something special that I'm just magically fucking up now. But he said, look, I had to relearn a whole new way to play to play guitar. And so, yeah, I'm going to fuck up some of it, but I'm trying my best. And he said that he really appreciates how a lot of the Blink fan base has just embraced him. And he was he was super thankful and excited for it. And I think we all just need to be at least respectful to Skiba in that regards. None of this is his fault. If you don't like 
California or something like that, do not hop on Skiba's Instagram chopping off. And the thing I like about Skiba is he will actually reply to the comments and, and kind of put fans in their place, which is which I think more people should do, actually. Uh, last thing on Skiba, one of the songs I had mentioned earlier is Throw Me to the Lions. It's an amazing track on Is This Thing Curse. Somebody had asked if there was a part two of that, and he actually mentioned that there was, but they were still kind of working on it. And so I hope that sees the light of day someday. And one other person had asked if... Uh, Mark would ever guest on an Alkaline Trio song, which would maybe be neat on, you know, a full album of some sort. And he said that it was a cool idea. So maybe at some point we'll see that happen. And uh, if not, it's the thought that counts. So that is all with Matt. And now we are going to jump into Blink-182, who just announced some festival dates. So it is that time of the year when bands are starting to announce their summer tour plans. We had 311 and Incubus kick off a tour. My Chemical Romance, Rage Against the Machine just announced a huge tour, which, by the way, I could not get tickets for. Fuck Ticketmaster. But it is that time of the year when Blink, you would hope, would be announcing some more shows. They have four at this point that are kind of trickling out. All four are festivals. I'm a little too old for the festival thing. Crowds are a little too big. The sets are typically shorter. A little too young of a crowd. If I'm going to travel or get a hotel, I got to at least get 60 to 80 minutes of blink, not necessarily 40 to 45. So I'm hoping they announce some other dates. But at this point, we have four official dates that blink are playing this summer. The first one kicks off June 28th. It's the Firefly Festival in Delaware. This is not the Fire Festival that was in the documentaries. When I first read that, I was like, gosh, surely they are not going to try this uh, in round two so soon. It's not. It's a totally different festival. Then they go to Michigan on July 10th to play the Common Grounds Festival. July 11th or 12th, they're not going to play both. It's going to be one of those nights. They're playing in Ohio at the Incarceration Festival. I think Limp Biscuit is actually on that set. And they're also going up to Canada and playing on July 16th. So four official dates so far. Remember, as I mentioned in episode one, nine dropped on the last tour date on September 20th last year. There are a lot of people who are thinking, gosh, we need an official nine tour. Why don't they do an official nine tour? There's songs I want to hear live. They got so much good press and such good reviews on this. Look, I'm with you, but I got to be realistic here. At this point, I don't really see them just launching a huge nine tour. It just doesn't make sense. Blink is a corporation, essentially. There's tons of planning that needs to go into this, tons of, of stage design and building and graphics and all of that. So I don't know if this summer maybe they just play some festival dates since you don't really need a huge touring crew and all of that stuff. But I also hope and I have hope that maybe they will at least sprinkle some dates in between these or around these to at least make it worth their time to travel across the country. Remember, Travis does not fly. So for him to hop in the Stormtrooper, that's the name of his huge RV he, he travels in. I just think surely they're going to add at least a few more shows. I just don't know if it's worth it for them all to pack up and drive across the country for three or four 
you know, 45 minute sets. So I'm holding out hope. The good news is if they were to announce something, it's got to happen pretty soon. So keep an eye on the Blink-182 social accounts. Keep an eye at our social accounts at Blink-182 online. We will totally be on top of it if anything gets announced. If they do end up wanting to do some sort of mini tour or to generate some new hype to kind of build up on, I think they need to release either 9 Deluxe or perhaps at least this collab EP that they have hinted at. So remember, they had over 40 songs for 9. Now, as we talked about in the last episode, some of that are from the original sessions with John Feldman. So I don't know... Obviously, they ditched most of that material for nine, so I don't know if that stuff is even representative of what they would want to release at this point, but surely there would be enough to come up with eight to ten songs to place on a on a deluxe album. It's just, it makes so much sense for bands to do this at this point. I don't know why they don't all do it. It's a great way to get some more downloads. It's a great way to get some more people to your store for new merch, new vinyl, new limited editions. I mean, I would be all over it in two seconds. So I hope a 9 Deluxe comes out at some point, though there have definitely been no hints of it, really. They have mentioned what we thought might come around Christmas, this collab EP. So they have at least two songs with Pharrell that, that did not make it to nine that I'm hoping come out on a, on a collab EP at some point. And we're just going to have to wait and kind of see how that goes. So maybe they have something in the bag that they're waiting to release along with some more tour dates. But at this point, we're going to have to, to find, to wait and find out. Now, Mark had mentioned in some interviews towards the end of last year about uh, some sort of summer Europe tour and hopefully making it over there. He said he was going to make it happen. I don't think that's going to happen at this point, to be honest. That's something Travis has to hop on the Queen Elizabeth. He takes a boat over there. They're not just going to go over there to play one or two shows. More realistically would be kind of what Matt and Mark have done, where they've played a couple of acoustic things. But I don't even think that's going to happen, to be honest. So we shall see. Maybe I'll be wrong. But as far as what we've heard, rumors, uh, there's nothing that would suggest that at this point. So again, if this stuff were to be announced, it's going to happen pretty soon. You can't push this off too much longer. The ticket's got to go up. I surely would think they're going to play more than four dates this summer, but we shall see. And at that point, that is the current news with Blink. We are fully up to date on what is happening in 2020 with Blink-182. We're already at 35 minutes for this episode. Again, as I promised in episode one, I try to keep these between 30 to 45 minutes. The next thing I want to get into is Tom and Angels and Airwaves. And there's no way I can fit this in 10 minutes. There is so much to talk about with Tom. Um, for instance, he sold his entire catalog of Blink-182 songs, uh, which to me is not the end of the world. Like some people have said, I've got some stats and data to kind of have a discussion on that. And I think I'm going to save that for episode number three. So this will conclude episode number two of 182 News. If you want to follow me, my accounts are at Poppin' Curbs. Definitely follow at Blink182 online on Twitter and Instagram. Again, helping run those. We've got those popping off. 
please rate and review the podcast if you don't mind. I really appreciate it. Again, blown away by your guys' support and I'm super stoked to continue this journey and hopefully deliver the most current news. I'm hoping we can get some rad interviews at some point and we'll just kind of see it, see how it goes. So thank you guys again for making me a part of your day. I will catch you on episode three where we will talk long and hard about Tom DeLonge and angels and airwaves. See ya.